Well, welcome everyone. My name is Mike. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I hope that song took you back to 2004. What a great song. I was, man, when I, when I uh, was first asked, can we do the song Breakaway, I was like, well, absolutely. And so I've just been jamming to that song in my car, and uh, I'm just Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. What an inspiration. But um, we're, I'm excited because we're going we're gonna to take a little break uh, from Genesis to let you kind of catch your breath. And um, that song is really interesting because when you think about it, it's this girl who is essentially saying that everything she's ever known or been a part of, she wants to break away. It's like she loves where she's come from. She's happy to be a part of, you know, if you will, her hometown and stuff, but she really wants to break away. She wants to flap her wings and she wants to spread her wings. And this song hit so many people so hard in 2004. And it's one of those things, because we can all relate to this, there's something in your life that you have going on and you just want to break free from that, or you're stuck in a situation and you just want to break free from that, or maybe you're a, a high school kid that thinks, man, I just want to break free, I want to be able to, to flap my wings, and maybe you're a parent and you're like, man, I have trained my kid, I've raised my kid up so that one day they'll want to break free and flap their wings. And this song can hit all of us because we all want to, if you will, break free. And I think when I, when I think of breaking free, a lot of times I think of letting go of the situation and, and kind of tossing it over and just saying, all right, you know what, like, I just, I can't deal with this anymore. I need to break free. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about something that, of all people, I probably should not be the one to talk about it. In fact, the, the messages that I love to give the most are the ones that I'm convicted by the most. And also, also, the times that I like to stand up here the most is when I should be the last person that should be standing up here. And so, before we begin, I do want to just ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to be able to flow through. Because we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is, is very difficult. I am, however, very fired up to talk about this topic because I do believe that it can inspire you. And it can be able to... Um, you can use this as an opportunity to see something a little different. I know God, throughout the entire couple weeks that I've been preparing, has really convicted me and said, man, Mike, you do not do a good job of this. In fact, you could ask people that know me best that I struggle with this. Now, I have lots of struggles. I've talked about them. But this one in particular is a very difficult thing. But I think we all wrestle with this. So if you would, let's just invite the Holy Spirit in here this morning. Lord, as we've already stated, that you are completely welcome here. We invite you in. We invite your Holy Spirit in. Nothing I can say today is honestly going to make a difference in anyone's life. Your Holy Spirit is the only person, you're the only God, the only being that can actually do anything. God, if your Holy Spirit does not move in this next hour, which we know you're more than capable, I should say, if we don't open our hearts up to your Holy Spirit, then it's just a bunch of people coming together to listen to some music and listen to some little 5'8 dude talk. This, God, is not about me. This is not about um, us. This is simply about you. We gathered here this morning because we want to hear from you. And so what I ask this morning, Jesus, is that you would, you would work in us. You would convict us. As I'm talking, would you convict me? Because, Lord, I don't want to be the same. And I know the individuals sitting in this room, we do not want to walk out of here the same. We want to be able to dive into things, God. And that's exactly what we want to do this morning, Lord. We thank you for this group of people. 
this church, this community. It's a group of people coming together for a common cause, God, a community. And that common cause is you and will always be you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your amazing name. Amen. So I don't normally like, you know, super, uh, if you will, cliche, churchy, um, you know, like sermon titles, but life-changing gang. I mean, can I, can I get a round of applause? No, you don't have to give me a round of applause for that, but I was pretty happy with it, I'll be honest, you know, the little, little creativity there. Oh, actually, real quick, I do want to start off by saying this, and we'll, we'll um, they, they, the band have, have just, I don't even know how to describe this, I am so impressed by these, these kids, and I want to say thank you to all of our, our students that have been working hard to make the youth band what it is, because they work incredibly hard, and they put a lot of preparation into it, and thank you for the parents that come over and drop their kids off. It's an absolutely amazing thing, so I did want to start off. Yes, thank, thank you for them. It's so cool. It's so cool when we see uh, students, and, and if you have small kids, someday, you know, this, this, these types of gifts could be your kids, and I just always think it's so cool that I'm a little jealous, too, because I'm 30, and I can't do anything. I can't do half the things that, you know, these 15-year-olds are doing, and um, it's pretty incredible, so I, I did want to make sure I said that, but um, there is some things in our lives, as I talked about earlier, breaking chains, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about chains, but we're going to do it a little differently t- this morning, and here's why. Oftentimes, I think when you hear a sermon or you hear something about chains, and this was the original route that I was going to go, I was going to talk about breaking chains, because I think we all want to break chains. But the more and more that I began thinking of it and the more the more the Holy Spirit was convicting me, I felt that I needed to go in a little bit different direction. And I needed to talk about not just breaking the chains, but actually how we carry the chains. And so I want to tell you this idea of chains. Obviously, we're not talking about physical chains. We're talking about spiritual chains. So let me tell you a little bit about spiritual chains. Spiritual chains are labeled as... A chain or bond binding the body, actually just would be physical and uh, literal and spiritual. A chain or bond for binding the body or any part of it. And that is the, he, that is the Greek word, and halusis, I believe it's called, called uh, halusis, and it says to hold back. So when you think about this idea of chains, it's everything that you thought a chain would be. It's holding you back, it's weighing you down, it's making sure that you're handcuffed And when we talk about spiritual chains, obviously what we're talking about is the things that are involved in your life that keep holding you back. For some of us, it might be addiction. It's just those chains of addiction that you cannot seem to break free. Maybe for some of you, you're in a relationship that you just feel so chained, but you've never had the courage to actually talk to that other person and tell them how you feel chained. Maybe it's things at work. You're really hoping that work is going to be able to keep prospering you, but you're in this, this situation where you just feel, you feel chained. Maybe you're a high school student and you just feel like, man, I just, I want to flap my wings, I want to break my chains, and I can't wait till I turn 18, and God's like, yo, you're 14. Instead of wishing to, to get out of the house at 18, why don't you embrace your chains right now at 14? See, a lot of times, we want to break our chains. We want to get our chains, and we want to just break them immediately. That would be a natural thing. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you enjoyed being enjoy being weighed down? How many of you? How many of you enjoyed being held back? How many of you enjoyed being handcuffed? Well, not a single person that I know would say, yes, I love when I'm just weighed down. I love carrying these burdens. I love when I'm totally chained and not feeling like I can fly and not living the life that God has called me to. I just love that. Nobody would say that. 
And two years ago for me, there was a situation in my life and I felt very, very um, stressed. I was dealing with some stress and how I deal with stress is not the best. I deal with stress often by being in a grumpy mood, by taking it out on the ones I love the most, by getting quiet, whatever it may be. Now, I don't know how you deal with stress, but what I was finding is that I was so stressed during this period of time in my life that I was constantly going home and I was taking it out on Megan. Whether it be a grumpy uh, attitude where I just, she was trying to talk to me and I didn't want to hear it, or whether it was uh, being quick with her, being short with her, maybe she would you know, say something, I'd snap at her, she wouldn't know where it's coming from, or maybe she'd be trying to talk to me and I'd just be totally silent and totally quiet. And this was stemming from stress. I was getting to the place where I was just carrying this stress and I felt chained by this stress. And what it was doing was it was doing a lot of damage and harm. And it's amazing how some of those things actually all of a sudden become a little bit of a treadmill. Because I was treating Megan poorly, our relationship was starting to struggle. And because our relationship was starting to struggle, I was getting more stressed. And before you know it, things start to build. And I think that's exactly what the enemy loves. He loves when he gets you and me in a trap or a treadmill where he knows, man, if I can keep building this up, I can get this person weighed down, weighed down, weighed down, and I can get them chained. And can I tell you something? There is no better place that the enemy loves to have you and me is when we're in chains. He loves it because he knows that if we're in chains, it's gonna be really hard to break those chains. He knows that if we're tied down, it's gonna be really hard to pull that stuff up. He knows that if we're chained, we might actually give up. He knows that if we're chained, we might actually get so discouraged that we start questioning God's sovereignty. We actually start questioning God's love. We start questioning God's plan. He wants to get us to a point that if you and me are chained, there's a chance that altogether we would consider not acknowledging Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord, as the, the, the person that we trust. And he does a really good job of this. And so two years ago, I was in this, this pickle, and I kept letting the chains of stress continue to weigh me down. I don't know exactly what your chains are, but I know there's some, there's, there's some different chains in the room, we'll say. And one of the chains that we see in Scripture is actually somebody that didn't handle it well is King David. King David is a very interesting um, character, if you will, in the Bible, because he's somebody that really understands God's plan, and he understands God's vision, and he even gets God's purpose for his life, but he continues to wrestle with these chains. And so we look in Scripture, and at one point, God is basically, there's a census that, that has to be taken, a number counting, but it has to be done a certain way, and God has given instructions on how the census is going to be done. And King David's like, man, I know what the census, I know how it's supposed to be done, I know how I'm supposed to count my, my troops, but I'm not going to do it that way because I want to be able to count my troops my way. I want to be able to let everybody know how powerful Israel is, how uh, everybody's carrying swords and weapons, and we're going to be this big army. And God's like, whoa, I, I had instruction for you how to do something. And we see just a glimpse. That's one of the many chains that we see. And the chain that King David is carrying throughout his entire life is the chain of pride. He is constantly being tormented. He's constantly wrestling with pride. 
Now, you might think pride is just arrogance, but pride is actually an interesting thing because it can cover a multitude of things. One thing that pride does is it makes you, uh, maybe it makes you be a person who doesn't listen to other people. Maybe it, it, it makes you say that I'm going to go my way all the time. I'm not going to listen, and I'm just going to find my own way. And if I get instruction, I'm not going to obey that stru- instruction because I got pride. Maybe it, thinks, it makes you think you're a know-it-all, and so that's one of the reasons you don't have to obey the instruction. See, King David, throughout his entire life, he knows the instruction of God. He knows that, man, I should be doing the census the way that God asked me, but no, I'm not going to. I'm going to totally disobey. Why? Because I want to show the world how powerful my army is, and I don't need God's help. I'm going to do it myself. Maybe you've been there. Maybe your chain is actually this chain of pride, that you're so prideful that having anybody tell you anything makes you angry. Maybe you're a student and you think your parents are always on you and they don't like you and oh my gosh, they're trying to make my life terrible. Maybe you're chain students as you are dealing with chains of pride. Can I tell you, now that I'm like older and I have kids, I never thought I'd get to, to, to say some of the stuff my dad did, but to be honest, my four-year-old argues with me all the time. Like he'll argue with me about like the most ridiculous stuff. He'll, he'll ask me like the Jags record from last year and I'll tell him. Normally I add, a couple, I add a couple wins in there just so he doesn't think we're super bad. But you know, it's like he'll ask me that stuff and then I'll tell him and he'll say, no, no, that, that's not what their, their record was. And I'm like, dude, yes, it was. Like, uh, and then I find myself saying, oh, that's right. I'm 30 and you're four, but you know more than me. You know, if you've been a parent, you've said that before. Maybe for you as a student though, that's realistically what you think. You just think that your parents do not have your best interest in mind. Maybe you're a person who's dealing with pride and those chains are making you somebody that will never have an open mind towards other people. And one of the greatest chain, I believe, that the, society, that, that the enemy has right now with our society is closed-minded individuals. See, everybody wants to act like we're open-minded. Ah, I'm an open-minded person. But if somebody disagrees with me, then I'm not so open-minded. We all want to act like we're this open-minded people, but I think right now, we're not showing any love towards people that disagree with us. We're not showing any grace of people that are disagreeing with us. I'm not just talking from politics, I'm talking parenting, I'm talking marital relationship, I'm talking all type of stuff that if you do something different than the other person does, then all of a sudden, that person obviously doesn't know what they're doing. I think the chains of closed mind is is part of pride. And King David is dealing with a lot of these different things. We see throughout the course that he's got this, that he's tormented by what he knows he should do and by what he's actually doing. Now I think that is an example of somebody who was not only not breaking through their chains, but they actually were not holding their chains well. And that's what I wanna talk to you about this morning. See, I do not want to get up here this morning and talk to you about breaking through your chains. There's many uh, sermons or many different topics or talks that we could, we could talk about when talking about breaking through the chains because God is a life-changing Lord. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is how do you carry your chains throughout your life? And I want to take you to a, a part of Scripture in Philippians And it's 1, 1 through 12, uh, 14. And I think that there is, there's some real meat here for us to chew on. So Paul's talking, and if you have your Bibles or iPads or phones, you can, or watch the screen. He says this, 
He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. Ooh. This doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. This is somebody who is currently in chains. Now, this isn't just spiritual chains. Paul is literally in chains. And he is telling in this letter, he's basically saying, here's the deal. I don't necessarily, like, I wouldn't probably choose to be in these chains. Because remember, we don't, we don't always choose our chains, but God can use our chains. And Paul is taking that second part. He's actually like, I don't necessarily, like, I I don't think many people want to be like chained into this, you know, into this prison cell. He's sitting there, he's chained up. But look what he's saying. He's saying, brothers and sisters, it's happened to me because I want to, what? I want to advance the gospel. So I'm going to sit here being chained, and it's clear throughout this whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. You could also translate that too if you're going to go to this modern era. I am in chains, and the entire you fill in the blank, the entire world, the entire community that I live in, the entire school that I'm a part of, my entire job is aware that I'm in chains for Christ. And then he goes on, he says, and because of my chains, and this is what I want you to get, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. This is so incredibly powerful. As I was reading this, this thing hit me. Because I thought, oh my goodness, how you carry your chains or how your chain or how your attitude is while you're chained is so crucial. When I get chained to something, whether it be pride or whether it be my stress or whether it be my anger, whatever it is, and I start taking that out on the people that I love, man, that's such a miss. Like I could, I could, I'm not going to, but I could get emotional up here thinking about some of the dumb stuff that I've done because I've been stressed. Some of the just... Some of the mean things I've said or some of the grumpiness I've, I've, uh, that I've displayed or all these things. And you guys don't necessarily know this because I'm not going to get up on stage and be super grumpy. Of course, I'm going to bring my best up on stage. But how about behind closed doors? Behind closed doors, I struggle. Let me tell you, there's times I go home, I'm super stressed. I'm super grumpy. And I have an opportunity in that moment to do exactly what Paul was doing when he says, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. He's essentially saying, when you're chained and you have a different attitude, can you imagine the impact that has? What if you're walking through something right now? You're walking through stress and you constantly go home and your kids are seeing you stressed. What does that display? I've done that so many times. But what happens if you were actually really stressed and you walked home and you had a good attitude and your, your kids and your family might even know what's going on. They might, not, they might even be aware of the chains that you're actually carrying or the chains that you're actually nailed down to or that are holding you back. And they know that's going on and they still see you have a good attitude. Can you imagine what that would do? What it would do is exactly in verse, uh, in verse 13 because it says, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace Translate that to, it has become clear throughout my whole household that I'm going to proclaim the gospel without fear. I can't imagine living in a house that, because everybody is chained to stuff. And I know that my, my sons, my three sons, they're going to have, they're going to be chained to stuff. They're going to be, we're all chained to something because that's exactly what the enemy does. The enemy is coming at you 365 days a year. Can I tell you that? There is no break for him. I believe that 
the enemy and, and his, whether it be his demons or whatever it might be, we're not going to get in all that weird stuff, but his, his, uh, his army, we'll call it his army, that's a little, little softer, his army is coming at you and me 365 days a year. There is no rest. They want to chain you. So when you're, when you're feeling like down because you're getting chained or you're feeling like, man, I cannot continue to do this because I'm just chained. Well, you know what? You're exactly right. The enemy loves it. He wants you to feel depleted. He wants you to feel down. He wants you to feel chained. And I will tell you that God is saying, if you can figure out a way to actually find the purpose when you're chained, which Paul knows his purpose, I find it really interesting. I can't take credit for this because I heard somebody say this quote, but they said, chains can either... Um, chains can either break your praise or praise can either break your chains. And what they were referring to was, was Paul because it's midnight. You've read in the scriptures, it's midnight. And what does Paul do? Paul starts singing. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. There's times I don't wanna praise God. I, I'm just gonna be completely honest. When I was stressed and when I was dealing with stuff, the last thing I wanted to do is raise my hand and say, Jesus, let me praise you. I'll tell you when I wanna praise God. When I'm on the beach and it's vacation, I say, man, God, you are good. Thank you for this. Thank you for this, uh, this daiquiri, virgin, of course. Thank you for this virgin daiquiri. Just think, no, but it's, it's just, th- you know, I'm praising God when everything is good, but how come when things are bad, when I'm actually chained to something, the last thing that I want to do is say, God, you're good. Paul shows us in this moment, he is chained. He's probably uncomfortable. Uh, if you look at parts of scripture, it talks about how his back, his back would have been, well, essentially beaten. And he is praising God. He's singing. It's dark out. And all the people in the prison are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that, is that who's singing? Oh, that person must, got, must have just got released. Okay, that makes sense. There's, it's Paul. He didn't get released. He's still chained. Okay, that's really weird. That's what they probably would have been thinking. Here's a guy who's chained, and he's singing. He's praising. Why? Because our attitudes in the midst of being changed, uh, being chained, is everything. And so you might ask, okay, how does this, how does this like work in my life? Well, that's where we go to 20, verse 22. He says this, I eagerly expect and hope that I will be in no way ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. He's literally saying, look, while I'm here, Christ is going to be exalted in my mind, in my spirit, in my body, in my actions. And basically until the day that I take my final breath, he's going to be exalted. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I'm going to get out of these chains. I don't know if they're going to put me to death. I'm preaching Jesus. But all I know is while I'm sitting here uncomfortable at my worst moment, if you will, I'm going to sing praises because in my body, in life, I am going to sing praises. And he says, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. If I'm um, to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful, fruitful labor for me. That hit me so hard. We want a life that's not filled with chains. But what I, I want to ask you this question. The reason why I said I'm not qualified to even feel like I should be up here talking about this is because I don't, I don't have a good attitude when my chains are holding me down. It's something I'm striving. It's something I've had to have conversations with Megan about. 
I've had her hold me accountable. There's been times where I've gotten quick and frustrated with the kids, and she's looked over at me, and she says, Michael. And I'm like, all right, my bad. Like, I know that I'm not being the father I want to be. But I know that we all want this life free of chains. If we could, have, if we could be free of sickness, you didn't choose your sickness. You didn't choose the mental illness. You didn't choose the relationship that you're in necessarily. You, they, that person changed after you chose them, let's say. You didn't even choose your kids. God gave them to you. And there's all these different things that over time God can put in our lives where we feel like we're getting chained. And we're just chained and we're chained and we're chained. And God is looking at you and me and he's saying, we can either try to break free th- from some of those, which is what we want to do, correct? Most people would say, I would like to break free from these chains. Or God is saying, instead of trying to break free from your chains and putting all of your energy into breaking your chains, because you think, once I break my chains, I'm going to have a good attitude. That's, my, that's, that's what I think. Like, once I stop being stressed, I'll have a good attitude. Once I stop being stressed, I'll stop being so grumpy towards Megan. Once I stop being so stressed, I'll be the dad I want to be. Once I stop being so stressed, I'll stop whatever it might be. For you, you fill in the blank. How about instead of doing that and having that attitude of saying, we're going to break through these chains and then God is going to be glorified. What if you're to be like Paul? What if I'm supposed to be like Paul? And God says, you know what? I know you're stressed because that's a chain that you're dealing with, but it doesn't matter. Because at midnight when you're chained, I want you to sing praise to me. And what that means is I want you to be the father I've called you to be. I want you not to come home grumpy. I want you not to take your anger out on Megan. I want you to put your stress aside. I want you to trust me so that there's a chance that your kids will look at you someday. Your sons will say, wow, my dad worked hard to be like Paul. And Paul was working hard to be like Jesus. And so my, my hope and my prayer is that my sons can look at me someday and say, man, I know dad had some things going on. I know dad had some issues and he was dealing with some stuff. But when he was dealing with that stuff, he always tried to put us first. He always tried to sacrifice. <clears throat> he always tried to put our needs first and care for us. And maybe in those moments, my kids will see something that all along, that's all I ever wanted. I wanted my kids to know they were loved. I wanted Megan to know that she was loved. And I want to end because I know we're running out of time in the last five messages I've given. We've been over big time, and I'm sorry, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurry this. But I want you to see something real quick in Ephesians that I think will help you carry your chains. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Remember that. These chains are not physical chains, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness, uh, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand... And pray in the Spirit, in 1820, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that when I speak, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Man, I'm fired up reading this. For which I am an ambassador in chains, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as it should. Can I tell you that maybe you breaking your chains aren't about you? Maybe you actually carrying those chains is actually for your kids. Maybe it's for the next generation. Maybe it's not about changing your life. Maybe it's about changing your, someone else's. And what I mean is that if you break through your chains so fast 
that you never are able to carry them with a sense of peace, then maybe your kids or the next generation or your grandkids, whatever it might be, won't actually get to see you carry those chains. There's a testament, there's a testament to be had when you're dealing with something bad and you're able to have perspective and mission and purpose. My goodness, there's something powerful about that. And so maybe you're a dad or maybe you're a mom and you're, you're dealing with these chains and you think that I want to break through these things as quickly as I can because my life will get back to normal and God says, whoa, you have no idea, but actually the terrible stuff that you're going through right now, the chains that you're carrying is actually for you. It's setting you up. I'm giving you an opportunity. I know you wouldn't have chose this path, but I'm giving you an opportunity to carry these chains with a good attitude because this isn't about you. This is actually about your kids seeing something. This is about your grandkids seeing something. This is about your coworkers seeing something. This is about your church seeing something. This is about your school seeing something. Maybe your chains are not actually for you. Paul's chains weren't for him. He was sitting in a cell probably feeling like, man, I got these chains on. He knew that this, 2,000 years later, wherever we're at, that somebody was gonna be up on stage talking about his chains because his chains were not for him. His chains were for the church, and he carried them with a good attitude. He praised at midnight so that you and me would see that carrying your chains with a good attitude and carrying your chains with perspective is actually more important than breaking your chains. I want to call two people up here real quick, and I want to tell you something. I want to tell you that when you're able to carry your chains with other people and you're able to link up there's something really powerful that happens. Now, I can't think of two better individuals that I would enjoy linking up because, man, these are just two fantastic individuals that encourage me. But can I tell you that when you're walking alone, it's amazing how lonely you feel, correct? But when you're struggling and you link arms and you actually chain your chains to other people's chains, that was a lot of chains in one sentence. When you do that, what happens? All of a sudden, an army forms. An army forms. And these chains that you're carrying, yeah, they're heavy. They're very heavy. But I know that I got part of his chain, and I got part of her chain, and vice versa. And I know that as we begin to walk together, the world is going to see a set, of, a, a set of flawed people carrying chains for Christ. They're going to see a church coming together, linking their arms together and saying, you're going through that, you know what, you're not alone, I'm going through that too. I go home and I don't treat my spouse the way I should sometimes. I go home, I don't treat my kids the way I should sometimes. I go to work grumpy. I know we're gonna have bad days, I get that. But when you link arm and arms and you chain yourself to the church, you become a bunch of flawed people that are trying to show the world what it looks like to carry chains together. You can give them a round of applause. That's really all I needed you guys for. I'm gonna call the band back up because we are gonna be over, so I'm sorry. I'll call the band back up, and I wanna end basically with this. You might say, Mike, been dealing with addiction for a long time. Mike, been dealing with mental illness for a long time, been dealing with a bad relationship for a long time, been dealing with kids that don't wanna listen to me, don't care what I have to say for a long time. And you might say, you know, I don't, I don't know, like that's, that's great. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to hand things over to God. And I believe that the reason faith is a really important thing is because sometimes the chains that you're carrying, 
you're not actually meant to understand why. Because I believe that faith starts when our understanding stops. If we could get that back up there, Zion. I believe that faith starts where our understanding stops. I want you to get that. I want you to see that this morning. If you walk away with anything, I want you to know that faith starts where our understanding stops. We love to be in control. We even love to control the chains that we have. But you didn't pick all the chains that you were given. You didn't pick all the tough things and the burdens that you're carrying. Because remember what a chain is? It's something that weighs you down. Every single person in this room has something on their shoulders this morning that is weighing them down, that is making them struggle, that is making them hurt. And God says, man, trust me, I love you, I care for you. There's nobody that wants to see those chains break more than me. And I am more than capable of breaking any chain. We serve a God that is more than capable of breaking any chain. But sometimes, as I said, it's not about just breaking the chain. It's about carrying the chain with purpose. It's about knowing that, man, I am weighed down, but as much as I can muster up, as much strength as I can muster up, I'm going to praise you, Jesus. Why did I say this is going to be a hard thing for me to talk about? Because I could be so hypocritical standing up here talking about this. It is so hard to have perspective when you're struggling. I get that. But that's where I believe the Holy Spirit comes in. And so if you bow your heads with me, let's close out and... and, uh, Let's close out and do some prayer. Jesus, we come before you and we are so grateful, God. We're grateful that serves a God that doesn't want the quick and easy fix. Because if you wanted the quick and easy fix, we wouldn't learn anything. We wouldn't be able to set a testimony. By Paul not breaking out of those chains super fast, we are here talking years and years later about what carrying your chains and carrying it with a perspective and a purpose and a mission can actually do. He said it. He said the entire palace and all the guards are starting to see that I am in chains for Christ. Maybe the only way that the world is going to see you, Jesus, is if we as Christians, as a body, as a community, as a church, is stop trying to break our chains so fast and maybe actually carry them and realize that when we're carrying them, even if we don't want to and it's terrible, maybe if we have a a perspective, a mission, understanding that we serve you, Jesus, no matter what, maybe that testimony would start to impact the world, Jesus. We are here for you. We love you. I thank you for these incredible people. May your Holy Spirit move in them today, God. May your Holy Spirit move in my life and my heart as well. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.